Wait, what? Wait, what? We're on. We're live. This is so weird. It's not letting me record through the app right now. It's taking me to my internet browser. Oh, that is weird. Um, let's just talk for thirty seconds, and I want to end it because I want to see if it's gonna if it's gonna save. You know what I mean? Well, why wouldn't it save? Especially like when I stop it on my end. Yeah, that's true. I guess you are the. <laughs> it's just so weird. It's never done this before. But I guess we're okay. Yeah. Wait, what? No. <laughs> <laughs> this is so weird. I don't like this anchor. Why are you being like this? Well, that's. I mean, I can't even log on using my my <laughs> actual login. So maybe at some point we need to look at migrating to a better service. <laughs> Something. Um, Something maybe more direct to, but then I don't. I, anyway, hi, Damien. <laughs> hey, hey, Mr. Ratliff. <laughs> How are you, Damien? Uh, I'm gonna be honest. I'm not fantastic today. Oh, what's wrong? What's the what is the issue? This who I need been, to beat up. Well, this has just been a weird week for me. Um. Let's see. Where to start, Courtney? Um, lots of weird energy shifts um, between friends of mine where you can just kind of notice something's off, but you're not sure. Like, is it about me? Is it not about me? Should I put him? Should I put a lot of thought into this? You know? Um, and then. Am I reading too much into things? Yeah. And then one of my like best friends for years, we met in February, right before the pandemic, um, just randomly ghosted me earlier in the week. Um, and so I'm kind of having a hard time processing that. This guy and I were super close, um, like talking like he wanted me to be best man at his wedding. And we just like one of those talk all day kind of relationships, talk about our lives, talk about your day, you know, different girls he would meet or hype him up before the first date type stuff. And, help him through breakups or help me through issues, you know, and then just one day, just randomly started having some health issues and I could kind of tell, you know, he's getting pretty depressed, but I kept trying to support him. And then one day he just didn't respond to me at all. And then the next day he didn't, hadn't opened the last message I'd sent him, which is very unusual. And so I kind of tried calling him and didn't get an answer. And at this point I'm kind of worried, like, is he alive? Cause he was having some pretty bad health issues. So I did the classic Gen Z millennial technique of looking at his Snapchat score and um, saw that the Snapchat score was just going up, 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 but I wasn't being responded to. And I was like, wow, wow. And so five days later and still haven't heard from him. Well, I mean, like, do you follow? I mean, where you can you see his snaps? Is he snapping things that? Well, he's snapping people. He's not like you know what I'm saying. It's not, it's not on his timeline. No, it's not on like the story. But he's definitely snapping, and he's active on Facebook and stuff like that. But is so... his messages on Facebook? Like, is he posting or is he just active. a messenger? Yeah, he's just active on messenger. You know, so. So here we go, Mr. Jump to Conclusions. No, don't. Because I'm, I know that when I have had health issues, um, I use those apps. 
for messaging and not and usually it's just you know to message certain people and not so much chit chatty and all that kind of stuff and you know you know that he's having like you say you know he's having some uh personal medical issues and so it may just be some things he's he's dealing with and he's because it's just not that family and, no because it's and, not that kind of relationship he's not close at all with his family has a horrible relationship with his parents. Like I, I was was like the number one person in his life, Courtney. Like it's definitely it is. It's not me assuming things. It is what I see it as. I mean, I'm I I was the very first phone call for everything, the very first text message for everything, um, all kinds of situations. I'm not I'm not jumping to conclusions. I'm not misreading things on this one, just for whatever yeah. reason. And I'm not sure what it was, but. Until you know what the medical situation, what his actual physical health is, like his physical situation, then I don't want you to jump to too far of a conclusion. Just because you see a green light doesn't mean that somebody's just really on. I just know that I would be the first person getting medical updates Doctor updates, health updates. How you feeling today? How are things going today? How was that test? Did you get the test results back yet? Um, if there were following the pattern of our friendship, I would have been the first person told any of this stuff. You know, so I don't. Know. Interesting indeed. But Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. So, work, work today, and work was fine, and had some low main for dinner, and that was fine. But I don't know, just processing things. How is uh, Davy enjoying his stardom? Uh pretty good. The uh, the pod episode is actually doing pretty well. It's a popular one. It's doing good. I still haven't listened. Mm, well, you I've should get around to it. To just sit and or just. Even while I'm, I have not had time to be able to listen and multitask. Yeah. But I will. And I was right. You could have just told me it was Daisy. <laughs> I guessed it. You did totally guess did. it. You did, for sure. For like, sure, he's a sure. real person. When I, when I saw it, when I got the notification, I said, it is Daisy. I just yelled it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were spot on. You knew. I've got two more guests lined up to round out this month. Pretty excited. Nice. Recorded them on. Uh, recorded them both yesterday. So, but anyone, um, who, so so who's the next one? Is anyone I know? Uh, Zoe Butler is going to be my next guest. Ooh, to talk Zoe. about her new EP that she released. The full EP is out. Yes. So, our, our friend show, yeah. a friend of our show. Yes. So we're going to talk some music with Zoe. So everyone, make sure that you check out the People podcast, People, with Damien. And uh, this week, uh, dropping on Monday, you'll hear from our good friend of the show, Zoe Butler. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited to know that Davey is a real person <laughs> and, and not your made up imaginary friend. I was, I was getting concerned. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then of course there's Zoe. So yay. 
Yeah. But how has your day been? Um, today has been super, super busy. But the week overall has been, you know, very moving. So like since the last time we spoke. Um, not quite as busy. It's not like, you know, marching season is over. Uh, let's see what happened since last we spoke. Oh, I texted you about this. So, um, you know, I was talking about how we traveled all over the state and we had to go and support a team that didn't support us. Well, Mm -hmm. we got on buses, we got on buses and we made the trip to El Paso, Texas, um, to Socorro ISD Stadium. And we watched a, a team just self-explode, implode. And um, we gave, you know, it was effort. And, oh, my gosh. So, so, the, so the home team, the home band gave zero effort. The home band never even went out on the field. They stayed in the stands the entire time. They didn't do it. a halftime show. Their dance team went out on the field and did a, a did a dance routine to a recorded song. We really? actually did yes, and we actually did go out on the field and we did our pregame show, which is is pretty simple. You know, march on the field in this big fanfare so we can spread from from goal line to goal line and, and show the. Our, our size of the band and then we make mojo and uh, for the playoffs we play Hawaii 5 <laughs> so that's so that's that's uh, because back in the olden days uh, it took five wins to go 5-0 and you're the state champion so 5-0 became like the, the school's um, playoff fight song mm-hmm so we did 5-0, and we got off the field. Very simple stuff. Um, and again, the other band, they didn't even try, and they were at home. So we went, you know, four and a half hours and across the time zone to go, and we at least went on the field, and we made an effort, and we played in the stands. But the, the team played horribly. Um, Courtney. They, they did. The, our, our team, <laughs> they played. They were terrible. They're, they're that 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 is hey that's not even hey that it, it's on tape <laughs> you gotta you got you gotta uh, stop hating on these kids <laughs> they were horrible stop and hating then, on those uh, kids no uh uh-uh. you should you should see what their parents said <laughs> in the different chat groups oh, my no. god you talk hate on kids uh but anyway so the football team was just terrible you know kids were getting ejected um, lots of personal fouls, just, I mean, just self-imploded. They were not mentally focused and mentally ready and prepared to play a game. And then they lost to an El Paso team. I think I read the stat that, that all time, the, uh, school was 76 and nine <laughs> in the playoffs against El Paso against any team from, from El Paso. Oh, wow. So, uh, you know, when you lose to El Paso, it is a big damn deal. Shame so on the, them. Shame on them. And the natives are, are not happy. And uh, as they should, should 
be not happy. Um, even after the game, those football players just threw a huge temper tantrum and, mm-hmm. and acted like big babies. And uh, so, but but the worst of it is we get back home, and on Monday, there's a letter, an anonymous letter at this, from a fan criticizing the band for making a, a, a half-ass effort um, at the game and criticizing the fan because band students were saying that they hoped that we lost. And and uh, our dance team, which are called the Panther Paws, this person continued to constantly call them the showgirls for some reason. I don't know what that was about. But, I mean, just criticize everything about it, everything but the football team, and blamed our lack of spirit for why the football team was did so poorly. Mm-hmm. Wrote an anonymous letter, didn't put their name on it, didn't have the intestinal fortitude to put their name on it, and sent this letter to, like, officials within the school. And I'm just like, are you serious? Are you serious right now? And it just goes to show you that, you know, we're still stuck in the in the uh, the book version of Friday Night Lights. Not the movie, because the movie was cute. TV shows were cute. But the book, it was nothing cute about that. And what so, happened in the uh, book? Oh, man, Friday Night Lights, the book, was all about the racism and how a little town with no identity put all their eggs in the football basket. And because of that, they did everything possible to make sure that football was the main thing that was going on in in that town. Really? Yeah, oh, Friday Night Lights, the book, when the book came out, Damien, oh my goodness! I, you would have thought heads—I mean, heads were just exploding, like they were so mad. <laughs> <laughs> People were pissed off, and uh, because what happened was the author, um, Buttinger, or I think that's his name, he infiltrated the—he uh, told him that he wanted to write a book. He told one of the big boosters that he wanted to write a book about their school because he had heard so much about, you know, the Permian Panthers and the lore of, of Mojo and all this stuff. He wanted to write a book about it. And so this booster like invited him into the inner circle. And so he was going to, to dinners with the coach and the big time, you know, the, the head of the booster people. And, you know, he, he got the inner workings of the whole thing put it all in the book conversation at dinner parties oh, where wow. where they said that basically to the about the black students if you can't run the ball you're just another dumb n-word and uh you know more things like that that are all throughout the book and so when this book came out people read the book i mean it was bad. It was really, really, really bad. Like, really bad. 
it would talk about how when coaches didn't do well, the boosters and, and fans would put for sale signs in their yard. And uh, it, it was just, it was, it was bad. And the re- only reason it was bad is because it just told all the truth. Mm. And there are some people that still live in those truths. 100%. And whoever wrote this, this letter still lives in those truths and was probably around and was probably a central character in the book. to be quite honest and so um it just goes on to add you know to how i was feeling last week about about an organization that expects so much from the band but gives nothing back and then you have to go and deal with you know hear about that kind of stuff it's just not right it's not fair to those band kids and how hard they work and and all that they have to give up to go and support a team that acts like babies when they don't win. Yeah. And so uh it made it made the whole thing, you know, a very interesting situation. And uh you know, because of the way it ended, it makes the fact that it did end feel okay. <laughs> Patty, a little, a little, a little Patty McPatty, but Patty. I think that's just that's just the truth of the matter. That's just what it is. It made it feel. It was just like okay, you know, the quarterback gets ejected before the end of the game for unsportsmanlike conduct. What were you supposed to The quarterback. The Not the QB. The senior quarterback, yes. Well, he knows he ain't he playing was, in college. All right, well, you know, and the, the you know, there were several other players that got an unsportsmanlike conduct penalties throughout the game. And, you know, it was just, it was, it was very undisciplined football. And it was disappointing to see. And I'm, Kind of sad for the head coach because the head coach is a good guy. Uh, um, no, this is a head coaching problem. It is a head coaching problem. Absolutely. Absolutely. But he he is a good guy. And uh, but, but as I was saying, like, when we got back to Odessa, I just said, somebody's got to get fired. I don't know who it is, who on that staff's got to get fired, but somebody got to get fired. And so uh, it'll be interesting to see who returns and who does not for next year. Well, Stay I'm tuned. glad you got your closure. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that's the end of marching season. The last thing left is uh, the Christmas parade. And I don't do Christmas parades. I don't do parades. So I will not be at that. I don't, I don't, I don't do that. Um Come on now, you can't pick and choose. Oh, the hell I can. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So this week has been, my attention has been on my elementary school, and and uh, I'm glad, you know. Uh, tomorrow we'll go on a field trip. I'm excited about that. Taking our sixth graders um, from Midland over to Odessa to the Globe Theater 
this week is the uh, National the Shakespeare Festival. And so we'll be taking them over to the Globe to see Macbeth. Oh. And, uh, Not Macbeth. I got to, yeah, Macbeth. And uh, that's a character. A character I got to play. We did. We did. We've done a couple of scenes, and uh, I got to play Macbeth. And and we did the witches scene when he goes into the the witches cave and. And the spooky, uh, you know, the cauldron and double, double toil and trouble, that whole scene. And, uh, of course, that's my favorite scene. And so, you know, it'll be interesting to see that whole ad- adaptation. And it's going to be really cool seeing it in the Globe Theater because the Globe in Odessa is the only exact replica of the Globe Theater in England where all of Shakespeare's plays were originally performed. Oh, really? Yes. Yes. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yes. And so uh, I have never been to the Globe. And so this will be my first time going uh, with this group of sixth graders, which that's always scary. But um, I love our kids. Uh, One of the sixth grade teachers gave them a, a, a good stern talking to and let them know about behavior and expectations and we'll do the same thing before we get on the bus and we'll get to do the same thing before we get off the bus and go inside. And we'll probably do it one more time when we first get in the door. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, uh, probably do it one more time when you sit down. <laughs> right. Okay. So, uh, you know, I have a little bit of anxiety, but I know that once we get into the situation where they'll do fine, there's there are kids that we're leaving at home because we just don't trust. Oh, <laughs> and so there will be kids that miss out on this cultural um, experience simply because they've not shown that they're mature enough to handle um, being in that type of environment because they can't handle the learning environment at school. So. I feel bad for them a little bit, you know, but they literally did it to themselves. And they, and they had a documented point system where if they got like five marks or more, then you're out. <laughs> That's such a goodness I remember. Yep. That's... Well, I mean, it, to me, it's really easy. Just don't be, don't be a jerk. <laughs> don't be a don't jackass. Be yeah. You said don't be bad. Don't be bad. That's that's all. <laughs> that's like the only rule. Just don't be bad. And there are some. That, yes, and and there are just some of them that just couldn't follow that very basic rule. So they're not going to go to Odessa. You said <laughs> go to Odessa like that's some big. Ooh, Odessa. <laughs> well, of course, it's not a big. It's not a big deal, but for little kids, it's never gone. I mean, we have a lot of those kids don't go to Odessa. Yeah. I go on a daily basis, but they don't go to Odessa. Like, even today, it's a lot of them were, were asking if they can, like, can we bring our phone? It's going to be a long drive. Oh, my gosh. What are we going to do going all the way to Odessa? And I'm just looking at them like, little boy. It's a 20-minute drive. <laughs> yes. 
They're like, can I bring my switch? I'm like, no. But that is how people in that is it. That is. Can you hear me? Okay. Do that I is what? Do I sound far away from the mic? Far away from yeah. where? The mic. Oh, do you sound far away? I had no idea what you said. Good. I, I could like, tell. I could tell. <laughs> like what? Anyways, I was saying. <laughs> but no, I was saying that's how people in Midland act. They act like Odessa is just a Lubbock distance away from yes. Midland. <laughs> yes, they do. They really do. Like people are just like, you commute to Odessa every day? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and you're like, I'm yeah, like, I'm not driving to freaking Lubbock. <laughs> right? I'm like, uh, well, I lived in Dallas and I commuted much further than this on a daily basis. So, yeah. All right. Well, in Dallas, it's not even the mileage, it's the freaking traffic. Yeah, exactly. It's the traffic. And so uh, so that's happening, and, and that's been part of my week. And uh, uh, when was it? So today we're recording on a Thursday night, and Wednesday afternoon, Midland had the State of Education luncheon at the, at the convention center. Where all of the muckety mucks in town got together. Not the muckety mucks. The muckety mucks. All of the. <laughs> oh type boy! Of people. Does, that, does that mean that our new uh, school board rep was there? He was not. How was he not even there? Why was he not well, there? In state of education. Uh, uh, right. Okay. I don't think he was. If he was, he avoided. No, nah, I really don't think he was. Because I mean. He can't hide. Right. <laughs> right. Let's just um, be real. You've seen him. Yeah, you know, but I don't think that he was. Um, our other newly elected uh, representative, Miss Burleson, was there. I did get a chance to talk to her. Nice. And, uh, you know, the other school board members were in attendance. But here's the weird part about it. It None of the school, not MISD, didn't participate in this event. This was not a, MISD didn't give the state of, of education. This was all business driven. It was all business driven, and it was hosted by the Midland Chamber of Commerce. Really, and so the focus was on how our current education affects the job market. Huh. And and then the the real focus became the literacy rate of adults here in Midland and and across the country, and how you know truly behind Texas is. We're forty forty six in adult literacy, forty six worst. Jeez, and I'm just like, who are the four? <laughs> Mississippi, Missouri, Arkansas. (laughs) See, everybody at my table is trying to figure out, like, who are the four? And they're just naming names. I'm pretty sure that Alabama is on the list. I feel like I've, I feel like I've read that somewhere. That Alabama is like number fifty. You like you say really like you're just in disbelief. Oh, Alabama, that's that's no, I mean. I mean, I just feel like there's worse states than Alabama. 
Yeah, probably. That's all. I just like. I guess like. I would rank them pretty low. But I'd rank them over like you know Mississippi, Arkansas, Louisiana. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure they're all. I'm sure it's a it's a tug of war for the deep <laughs> south. <laughs> all the deep south just struggling, struggling. You can tell by the people. Let me lay, let me lay out on this bed. <laughs> oh. Goodness. Oh man. Um, so I, I did find that very interesting, but it was also cool meeting some of our listeners. Like there were people that came up to me like, hi, I actually listened to your podcast. And I'm just like, wait, what? <laughs> and they told you that they were devastated that I retired the dad joke segment. No, no. No. They were all like, we are so just, glad and so thankful. Nah. Just admit, they were like, I can't believe that was my favorite segment. I looked forward to no. it every week. <laughs> Said no one. <laughs> hey, I had three different people tell me. That they Are you were serious? Upset. Yes. People People either love dad jokes or hate dad jokes. There's really no in between. And I had people who were like, man, that, that was my favorite segment because I would always look forward to the joke. And then I look forward to Courtney not saying anything. And then I look forward <laughs> to you cracking up. Like, like people enjoyed the whole dynamic of it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Well, I think, yeah, I mean, the reaction was always funny. And your reaction to my reaction was pretty <laughs> funny. <laughs> you really would always just really be trying to sell me like, yeah, yeah, you did, you did nothing. <laughs> I am so nervous about my new segment, but we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. And it's going to be great. I'm looking, I don't I'm think looking people forward. are going to like it. I think so. I think so. I think, well, you know, different audience. I'm sure those who who were sad about losing the dad joke will not like it. But then all the people, <laughs> but then all the people who are excited about not having a dad joke will love it. Well, I don't know about all that, but well, we'll we'll find out. We will to be continued. Watch us just like crater and listeners, <laughs> <laughs> right? Nah, that won't be. That won't be the case. Oh, if, man. Anyways. If they, if they haven't left us by now, they're not going to. Did you, know, did you know that we could be doing paid advertisements? Well, we tried that. Remember we tried that with the barbecue sauce? <laughs> no. So we get, enough, <laughs> we get enough listeners between Anchor and Spotify now that we can basically sell people's product and then we make like 30 cents for every listen. <laughs> Why have you not told us this? Why have you not told me? Because I just feel like it's so much more effort than the money you get back. Like even the big name podcasts only get like 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 you and I doing the math. You and I, if we did two advertisements per show, we would make like sixty one dollars a month. <laughs> Bro, I can do, hey, that's a tank of damn gas in Texas. So you know. <laughs> Don't don't deny me. I will. Can you just imagine you and I on here, like, and you should check out Skillshare.com on Skillshare. (laughs) You can browse. (laughs) Hey, I will work it into a conversation. I'm not trying to capitalize our podcast, you know. Well, I know, I know, but you know, gotta have you have have to have some ambitions. Have we have to go somewhere? 
trying to get podcast of the year. I'm trying to get you to the presidency of the United States. And I can only do that through advertisements and fundraising. I mean, God, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not going to be one of those pussy-ass, no super PAC Democrats. Give us your motherfucking money, people. Right, I want all of it. Give me our <laughs> PACs, super PACs. Ultra mega pack. <laughs> they're like, they're like Courtney. You spoke out against offshore drilling, but you're also uh, funded by Halliburton, and you're like uh, Halliburton had a paycheck. You gonna match Halliburton's paycheck? Okay, no, just shut up and sit down. <laughs> I'll be like Halliburton doesn't just drill for oil, so you're like you know. when I'm in office, fuck Halliburton. But to get there, right? I need Halliburton. And thank you. <laughs> once I get in office, we'll figure it out. Uh, <laughs> This segment is sponsored by Halliburton. Halliburton. <laughs> Completely Dest- safe for humans and mammals. <laughs> okay. Destroying the world one ocean at a time. No, Hall- we're going to come on here like, did you? <laughs> we're going to come-, <laughs> we're gonna- <laughs> come on here like, did you know that science has actually proven that oil drilling is healthy for the earth? It's like a deep tissue massage. And the fumes that are released actually rep- actually reinforce the ozone layer with a very powerful second layer. You know, some bullshit like that. And then all your second graders come in and like, we love Halliburton. Right? And then you're sitting there just like shaking your head like like 1990s sitcom. You're like, oh. <laughs> and it's like, Halliburton, save the earth today yes yeah all oh, yeah. is ching ching <laughs> <laughs> yo we finish out like a professional <laughs> podcast and they pick us up okay <laughs> so all you evil corporations after the, out hey, there <laughs> miss, hey uh miss medina rebecca medina miss choke whenever you hear this i expect your facebook reaction <laughs> yes <sighs> I- we're we're you know capitalism it's the american way <laughs> i mean that's that's just what it boils down to it's all about capitalism <laughs> anyways there are, no, there are no ethics in capitalism no, zero no, they're sure not yeah so you know why not <laughs> have why we not? even touched on what's on your mind <laughs> Well, so I am less prepared today because I don't have a whole lot on my mind. Yeah, and, uh, you know, so I don't really. And I was kind of thinking about it earlier today because not, there's nothing that's just, you know, hot button. Um, but I, there is one thing, you know, while we're talking about education and it kind of ties into that to the. Uh, the corporate sponsored state of education (laughs) function. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, You know, the Texas Senate really screwed up. Texas legislature really screwed up something when it comes to education this year. Um, Last year and during the pandemic years, they gave everyone free lunch. Okay. And uh, so every single student at every single school was guaranteed to eat a free hot meal, two free hot meals a day, breakfast and lunch. Well, this year they said, no more free meals. And so there are a lot of parents who 
didn't understand that, that they needed to go back and apply for reduced or free lunch. Um, and then there are others that just don't pay. <clears throat> and so now schools are back to racking up $1,000 worth of debt over lunch. And, mm. you know, um, I, I, I have something to rant on about this. I like this. I'm going to contribute and, today, but go on. And I am at a Title I school. Mine, mine is a Title I school. And what Title I means, uh, for those who don't know, is it's a school made up of uh, economically disadvantaged uh, families and youths. Uh, people who um, would be considered poverty or near poverty. And uh, it takes a certain percentage of your population, probably more than over 50 percent. And those schools get, you know, additional funding because of that status. And, uh, you know, we Midland is is not the you know, we have several schools that fall under that category, which in itself is crazy because Midland Independent School District is one of the. I think we're number six in the richest school districts in the state of Texas. And we have several schools that are in title nine or title one. Um, and just today I saw a report that showed all of the debt that we're in as a result of no longer having free lunch. And it's getting to the point to where they're going to stop giving these children who have a hot meal. Because right now they're just, they're just giving it to them and racking up debt. But they're going to stop giving them a hot meal and instead giving them bologna sandwiches. Well, didn't the majority of that debt come from two years of free meals anyways? No. Oh, okay. No, not at all. It was. I, I mean, everything were, was zero. I they were already getting into debt, and now they're like trying now people to start paying for no, it just to make up for it. No, everybody started the year at 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 zero. Gotcha. And and I saw the ledgers, and I've seen them increase over the course of the the school year. And so now, you know, as a as a parent liaison, I'm charged with contacting these parents and letting them know. Your student currently has a $500 bill racked up in the cafeteria because you've not paid for lunch all year long. And if it's not paid, your kid's no longer going to get a hot meal. And so while these big corporations are all, you know, oh, ha, 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 we need to help our schools, blah, blah, blah. Uh, we don't know how to help our schools. What do we do? Well, here's one way. Here's one way that you can help. You can a vote in people who actually believe in paying for lunch, you know, and providing a hot meal for a kid so that they're not hungry as they try to learn. That's a or b. Why don't you guys write some checks and get these schools out of debt? Because here's the thing. I can get parents. I can get these parents on free or reduced lunch. You know, we can work on applications and everything like that. But their current debt does not go away. Their balance doesn't just zero out. 
we're still on the hook for for these thousands of dollars. And how is that going to get paid? Who's going to do that? Um, Midland, the before the pandemic, the last time that that we did have uh, free and reduced lunch, there was a good Samaritan, um, Carl Borowski, who led an effort to to pay all the debt. It didn't. It wasn't. You know, all these corporations that say that they all that always say that they want to help, and that they're all for the kids and all for doing all these things. You know, for to all those corporations, I say it's time to put your money where your mouth is or shut up, quite, quite honestly. And the thing that we need right now is we need to we need to figure out how to get this lunch situation under control. And we need to figure out, more importantly, how we can make getting a hot meal a free thing for all students all the time. And can, so, I, can I can I can I go now? Yeah, I mean that. So that's <laughs> that's something that's on my mind, and it's 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 a oh, challenge that's been on that for a while. So, what you got? I want to add to this. All right. Ooh, I'm ready for this because this is actually one of my Courtney. You, ooh, I'm ready for this, Mister Ratliff. <laughs> so you remember back when we had our episode a while back? It ended up just being this big discussion about school systems, the functionality of school systems, etc. Right. Right. Here's my thing. This country operates off of the most archaic form of education in the civilized first world, right? Which is such a horrible way to describe civilization, first world, second world, third world, but whatever, that's how it's categorized. We are archaic in almost everything we do in this country. However, the modern American school system was established in 1940 so that parents did not have to be at home to take care of their children. They could go to work and we could get out of the Great Depression. So you were required to have your students in school for eight hours a day, which basically covered the eight-hour workday. When children got out of school, parents got out of work, and when the family was together. It was a massive plot. And I don't mean plot necessarily in a bad way, but it was a massive plot by the government to one, strengthen the household, and two, give parents more opportunity to work because the kids weren't around and they wanted to get kids out of the labor force. That being said, if you are going to force parents to have children at a certain place eight hours a day by law, and if the parents don't do it, the parents will be penalized, then you are under the responsibility and the obligation to make sure that those children are being provided for for those eight hours. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. If you're going to force parents to have their children in these schools, then these schools are responsible for the safety, welfare, and well-being of these children while they're in those buildings eight hours a day. And now in Texas, we're we're forcing the parents to have more kids. (laughs) Just remember, there's no abortion. You better have them kids. These children, if they are going to be in your school for the hours of breakfast and the hours of lunch, should have a meal provided to them by the school free of charge to the parents. Because if the parents did not have their children in school at that time, they would be penalized. So not only are we going to force you to have your children here, but now we're going to force you to invest more money into keeping your children here. Like we're doing you a favor, even though it's a legal obligation for you to have your children here. Talk about it. Like that it is the most archaic. This is why 
schools should not be under the jurisdiction of the state. They should be under the jurisdiction of the federal government because public education is the most unfair system in the United States and is one of, if not the second most guilty for inequality and inequity in this country. And the only thing that, you know, might trump it is the legal system and obviously the penal system. But schools are the most disadvantaged or public education. Sorry, Courtney. It's not your fault. It's the legislator's fault. But public education is the most disadvantaged, disadvantageous thing children can be put through nowadays in modern society because schools in Texas do not value the education, life, and well-being the same way that schools in Massachusetts, schools in California, schools in Michigan value their children. Schools in Massachusetts, schools in Michigan, schools in California, those children get treated and educated 10 times better than students who go to school in Texas, in Louisiana, and Florida, and Alabama, and Kansas, in Nebraska, and then when they're 18 and push into the workforce, that's why people from states like Michigan and Massachusetts and California and Oregon and Washington are so much more advanced and have so much more opportunity and are much more successful than students from, let's just say it, students from blue states are much better off than students from red states, and that's because legislation legislators in blue states value the education and well-being of those students more than schools in red states because all the schools in the red states want to do is give you a standardized test and turn a profit. And this is mm. statistical numerical fact. Schools mm. should be handled by the federal government and it should all be under one system because that is the only way to make sure that it is actually fair for students across the board. It is the most disadvantageous thing for your kids heading into adulthood is public education. There is like mm. there is the, it, it, it's factual because Texas does not value the education of those students the same way a New York or a Massachusetts or a California does. And it's clear as day when these people get released into the workforce and when they get released into college and when you compare test scores and you compare life readiness, people from red states, students from red states, no fault of their own, are 10 times less. Well, I'm not 10 times. I'm just throwing out a number. I don't have an actual number, but are less prepared for the real world than students from blue states because blue states actually value the education and well-being of those students. And the red states just want to turn a profit. And yeah, they they look at they look at students as commodities. Yes. Whew, that was a good rant. That felt good. <laughs> no, this has been this is one of my biggest things, man. Oh my gosh. But yeah, as I again, like I, as I was sitting there in that whole big convention thing or that luncheon, you know, I'm just thinking about what can they actually do to help. They're out there. Te- saying that they want to make pledges and 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 they're committed and, and begging people to make a commitment to education and and I'm just just thinking like what could they actually do that would change the dial? What what could they actually what could what is practical and tangible something that would actually benefit and and then the next day I get this, you know, I get an email saying Hey, let's look into this into our 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 student lunch debt. How can we solve this? I'm just like, well, <laughs> I, wish I, I wish I had this information yesterday. By well, not I, letting it be a system that racks up debt in the first place. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that you I have- wouldn't have to even take the manpower and the hours 
that it's going to take me to try and get out of this situation. And I can focus it on, on other things. But instead, now I have this project that seems almost impossible because I don't have a solution. It's not like these people have all this money and they just weren't paying it because they didn't want to pay it, you know? Yeah. And again, I can get it. I can get it to where the bills stop, <laughs> but I can't pay the bill. Right. What well, did you have anything to add to my little ranty rant? <laughs> no, <laughs> I th- I think that you're 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 on target, and that's what I'm saying. That you're 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 absolutely right. And uh, you know, another part of the reason why they're more prepared is because they're actually taught truth, and they don't have to go through this BS of CRT. And fear of, you know, their students actually learning about the history of this country. And, I mean, the, you know, it, they, they just don't have those same handicaps in education the, that we the seem to day, have in red states. Massachusetts is the number one state in the nation as far as education goes. And the other day I'm talking to some of my 16-year-olds who are all in high school. And I'm talking to one of them. And I asked him something and he's like, I think I was complaining about my income tax or something like joking with him. And he was like, well, do you claim one or do you claim zero? And I'm like, I th- I'm like, I claim whichever one takes the most money out. I think I claim one or, or whatever it was. He's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And he like says some spiel about that. I'm like, how do you know this? He's like, I take a class for it. I'm like, they teach you taxes here. He's like, yeah, we have a class that teaches us like taxes, savings account, stuff like that. And basic, like, you know, when you turn 18, you open a bank account, blah, blah, blah. It teaches us about like interest rates and uh, retirement accounts and investments. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, is that an elective? He's like, no, it's it's like a 30 minute class you take. And I'm just like, what? What? <laughs> like, yeah. are you kidding me? I'm like, that is not a thing in Texas. What the fuck? No. And then, like, of course not. Yeah, I was just fascinated by it. Like, but uh, like I said, whenever we had our conversation previously, all Texas cares about is attendance because that's how they make that money. That's all they care about. They don't care what you're actually learning. Oh, my cat's meowing to get into the room. They don't. They don't. You know, care what you're being taught or how you're being taught or are you retaining information? Hurry up! Like, she gonna meow and then she wants to stretch before she walks into the room. Or are you retain? Are you retaining the information? They simply they they just want you to be in the classroom so that they can mark you that you were present and they can continue to make money. Which I don't understand why X amount of students being present X amount of days equals more money. I don't know why that's a thing. Maybe you do, but. Like, why is that such a focus? But it's just, it blows my mind. Yeah. So uh, corporations, people who are in charge of, of, of the big money, you know, you have the power to change everything. And uh, it's another one of those things where red and blue shouldn't matter. But somehow it does. Especially yeah, when it comes to education. I mean, the value that the left, the value that the left puts on educating people compared to, I mean, you see, the you don't need college, you just need to work hard. Yeah, like the value that the left puts on educating their populace compared to the right is astounding, and it's viewable in no larger scale than looking at education and the students and the people that come from different states. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. So yeah, let's 
that's my two cents on this. You know, I don't have a lot to say when it's band day, but you want to talk about, <laughs> you want to talk about educational readiness. I'm your guy. Let's talk. <laughs> so band is part of it's part of it. Why do these 16 year olds here know more about taxes at 16 than I do at 25? Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> problem, which I had enough time yeah. to educate myself at this point, <laughs> but I'm just saying yeah. I should not be getting um, caught. Be getting taught retirement policies by a 16 year old. Okay. <laughs> it's like, Damien, you don't have an ERA? Like, no. I don't understand. <laughs> I pay all my bills and I'm lucky if I got $200 afterwards. Leave me alone. <laughs> like, what about your fiduciary funds? Like, what are you even <laughs> doing with your life? <laughs> Going home and sitting in my shorts and playing Pokemon. <laughs> 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 that's what I do with my life. They're all looking at, at each other like, oh my God, we'll never <laughs> go to Texas. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, man. Ugh. But that's what's in my mind. That's the things that I, I think about. And uh, again, I just think that there are smart people out there, uh, smart people who listen to this podcast who have the ability to do something about it. Um. One other little quick topic. Uh, so, Lyndon <clears throat> is, is currently in a big fight over, uh, uh, you know, Hogan Park uh, and all of Hogan Park. There is an effort to redo Hogan Park and turf all of those fields and some of the, the unused space and turn that into, like, performance venues and just really fix up Hogan Park and make it a world-class venue for all activities. Uh, of course, it's going to take money to do this, and for what? A, and and because people here are cheap and stingy, they don't want to shell out. You know, people in the city don't want to shell out money. There are private groups that want to contribute, but in doing so, the city has to give up some of the the rights of, of uh, control and people don't want to do that either. They're like, well, yeah, you can pay for it, but you still can't control it. And you know, what private entity wants to put millions of dollars into something that they don't have a say in. So it's been a battle here lately. And uh, it became one of the major talking points during the mayor's campaign uh, to the point where, you know, um, Jerry Morales, the former mayor, had released all of these crazy attack ads, just giving these super false numbers and and uh, painting a ridiculous picture of Lori Blong and, and the numbers that she was, you know, that, that he was attaching to her. And so... Uh, it became an, an issue, even though all of this was really kind of hashed out way back in February. Like, I expected to have ground broken, and I expected there to be progress on, on turfing all these fields by now. But we're still in the, in the talks phase because people can't seem to get it together. There are a lot of egos involved because there are some people that are upset that they weren't invited to the to the planning meeting in the first place. 
And so they're and so rather than be a part of the planning now, they just want to stomp their 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 feet and fold their arms and complain about not being it in, in it from the beginning. And I'm just like, me in the meanwhile, nothing is getting done with this project. And the longer you wait for something, the higher it costs, the more it costs. Because the more things break down, the worse the field get field conditions get, the more um, materials cost increases. Yeah. So the longer you wait, the more it's going to cost. But people seem to be okay with that. And I'm super annoyed. I'm just annoyed by that whole thing. Because any city needs to be looking forward and not back. Especially when you have a city that's full of... <laughs> you talking about Midland, Texas? Well, mid- ex- exactly. <laughs> you talking Midland. about Midland, Texas? <laughs> where, the, where the population you know, dynamic has changed dramatically. Bruh, 80%, 80% of that city wants to go back to 1950, just like my granddaddy used to live. Okay, and Odessa too, like the football guy, the anonymous person who wants everybody to be the showgirls <laughs> are on football. So, you know, we do live, we do have lots of people in that society and it's it's sad because they won't let the city move forward and I'm all for forward momentum. And so it's setting up and in it's setting up some very interesting battle lines that are being drawn right now. And it's becoming one of the, the, the newest political things. And uh, it'll be a storyline to, to look out for, for, you know, the months ahead. Yeah. It's getting ridiculous. Well, I'm interested. That's like, I guess it makes sense that somewhere like Midland, that would be a hot button issue and people, oh my gosh. But like, it doesn't seem like it should be, but it's Midland, Texas. So I'm kind yeah. of interested to see the updates as it as right. it goes on. But you're especially right about the point that it shouldn't be. Like, it should, <laughs> like why is this a big deal? But it's Midland, Why Texas, is this so a big deal? That's why. Why? This is not a big damn deal. Yeah. But. Well, it's being made into a big damn deal. Exactly. <laughs> oh. So well, good stuff from you. I mean, you know. Before we touch on my new segment, which I'm very nervous and I'm pushing it off. Um, I know. I, I think we. To, I think I we should talk about. Me. I think we should talk about Monday night. Get it out there, because we've been. I've been bandwagoning pretty hard, and you're you're a ride or die. So I think it's only oh, right that we okay. talk about it. I'm just like, what happened Monday night? But oh, I don't so. even think it's a bad thing necessarily. I think it needed it's to happen. Not. It, I think it, it needed did. to happen. It was bound to happen. So Monday night, the previously undefeated Philadelphia Eagles finally lost a game to the Washington Commanders. That's just what gets me. It's that they lost at home to the Commanders. I'm not like at upset the that they lost. It's just you lost at home to the commanders. That's what's upsetting me. <laughs> but so when I think about, you know, that part, it's a division rival and it was the second time that they played. Yeah. And it th- and they played the better quarterback. <laughs> Let's just be real. Yeah, they did. Then, then Carson, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
uh, Heineke or whatever his name is. Yeah, he is a better, he's a better quarterback for that team. He's a better decision maker. I mean, he's a 10 and 9 starter for that team. Yeah. Yep. So uh, I, I wasn't totally shocked. You know, I, I wasn't shocked. I was, I'm not happy about it. But at the same time, I'm not just devastated because right. we're still eight and one and we're still the number one seed. <laughs> and, you know, we're still far ahead of the Cowboys and how the Cowboys could possibly like, like Cowboy fit. I'm like, bro, you just lost to the three and <laughs> three and six Green Bay cheeseheads. And yeah. you're really yeah. talking shit. I mean, the thing is, Dallas, Dallas is a is a fine, fine team this year. They're not good. They're fine. Right. They're playing their schedule, which is a weak schedule, but that's fine. Philly is also playing a very. But that's the thing about the NFC. Every team that's doing well in the NFC is kind of playing a cake schedule. The Vikings are not playing a hard schedule. The only team they lost to was the Eagles. The Eagles are by far not playing a hard schedule. The Cowboys are not playing a hard schedule. The Seahawks kind of, I think they're the most impressive team, but like the NFC is kind of just cake walking around. And so like n- nobody really gets to brag about the record. You more so have to brag about strength of performance. And the thing is Philly has won with special teams. Philly's won because of the defense. They've won because of offensive domination. They've came from behind. They've, they've shown in every single situation that their team competent with enough competent players and coaching that they can win in any kind of a situation. Whereas like, I mean, has Dallas not really, I guess you went on a four game win streak with a backup quarterback. Congratulations. But like, I just feel like Philly is showing all the merits of a number one seed. You know what I mean? Like they, they look the role. They look the role. They could be, they they could be part. Yeah, I mean they could be six and three right now, five and four, and they still would just look better than that team off the field. They just look like the best team in the entire league. They're better than Buffalo. Buffalo's kind of been self imploding lately. Like yeah. they look like the best coached and put together football team in the league out of all thirty two teams right now. It doesn't matter what the record is. I mean, eight and one's fantastic, but I'm just saying like Minnesota's eight and one, but they don't look no, like Minnesota's lost two games. Are they have they lost two games? Yes. Okay. Okay. But you know what I'm saying? Minnesota may have only lost two games, but they, they look like they could also be like minus five in the column. <laughs> you know, but yeah. Philly has not looked that way. Philly has convincingly won every single time they've won. You know, so it needed to happen because like Go. I don't feel. I just feel like going on a field is not fun. It's just so much pressure with that. It's just pressure. It's they it, needed it's to, added yeah. pressure. They needed to catch that L, and I still think there were a lot of positives to take out of the game. And Jalen Hurts is still looking like that guy. Loving Jalen Hurts so much, and I, I'm not worried about it. I'm bandwagoning this team so hard, but I'm not worried about it. I'm happy with the performance they gave. So my biggest takeaway from that particular game is that it's time to make penalties reviewable. Oh, don't um, be the ref guy. Well, look, egregious. And especially when a non-call affected a turnover, 
like that was that was that was pretty bad. <laughs> that was yeah. pretty bad. And so I agree with you know there were there were, I think uh, one of the commentators said that if you're already reviewing it because there was a turnover and you have to look at this then how can you even objectively look at it knowing that you missed such a huge call? Yeah, that was a fumble, right? Yes, that was a fumble. Yeah. I love how the first possession of that game was like (laughs) four or three and out, roughing the punter penalty, strip sack. (laughs) I was like, oh, this is going to be a good game. (laughs) Yep. But... Yep. So, yeah. So it happened. I'm glad it happened. I'm not devastated. Um, my my post. I got a chance to get a dig at at Cowboy fans. Um, <laughs> I, what I wrote was, uh, uh, I'm not used to to feeling what a loss. I don't know what a loss <laughs> feels like since this is our first one. Let me ask. <laughs> let me ask the experts. And the Cowboy fans were all offended. They were just so offended by that. It scares me how it scares me how alive the entire NFC East looks right. Even the Giants. God, why do they look so good? Yeah. Even the Giants. It's like Saquon Barkley has finally woke up and become the Saquon Barkley everyone expected him to be. And and uh the little quarterback boy, he's kind of figured some stuff out. Hey, you should know that I'm eight and two in my fantasy league and number one in the league. Nice. And a lot of my success relies on the Eagles defense and Jalen Hurts. Just saying. Good. But good. <laughs> now that Eagles D has let me down two weeks in a row. They're getting very close to being dropped. And they're they're starting to piss well, me off. But I'm holding faith. I'm holding faith. But they you know, they starting to piss me off a little bit. <laughs> I understand. Gotta do what you gotta do. Win that fantasy championship. Oh, I want it. I want it so bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's the competitive spirit. Yes. I'm yeah. here for it. Yeah. So oh. dad dad jokes have gone away, folks. What if and I just got a dad joke out? Nope. Nope. And <laughs> Damien uh this week, he he texted me and he was just like so. And remember, he kind of teased us last week. He teased us last week and said, well, I'm thinking about replacing it with something that might be even worse than a dad joke. I'm just like, oh, my God, where nothing could be worse than a dad joke. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and so he finally texts me with, with you know, his idea for a new segment. And I'm just like, hell, yeah, I, I love that. Tell him what you said. I was pretentious. <laughs> yeah, no, you. You were just like, would it be pretentious for me to do this segment? And I was just like, bro, it's pretentious to have two podcasts as it is. <laughs> so, <laughs> so who cares about being pretentious? Um, we're going to because I like to think of this whole thing as edutainment. We try to educate, we try to enter, but education is a huge thing. We just had a whole conversation about education, and I think that one of the forms of effective communication 
which has always been my mantra. Communication is the key to success. One of the forms of communication is poetry. And Damien writes really deep, meaningful poetry. Hey, you like that one I sent you on Facebook, huh? I did. I did. I, I liked it quite a bit. And so our new segment, we're going to have we're going to have <laughs> a, to it yet, a <laughs> reading, a re- a poetry moment. Oh, this is so uncomfortable. <laughs> a, po- a poetry moment from Damien Crawford, where he's going to give us a, an original Damien Crawford, and we're going to talk about it a little bit. We won't dwell on it too long, but we'll talk about it a little bit and uh, give you guys something else to talk about and, and give us some feedback over. So, Damien, <laughs> that said, welcome to our new segment. <laughs> so uncomfortable. <laughs> that you've okay. been trying to avoid now, but now we're here. And uh, lay down some lines. All right. So this, <clears throat> So just so people know, I don't do that like – not often, but I don't do that like rhymy roses are red, violets are blue type poetry. So a lot of it's long form. Um, so this one is titled This Life. Oh, this is so uncomfortable. All right. So, and just so you know, <laughs> I'm putting this out here. We are going to post these on the our Instagram. I didn't Why say not? That. Why not? Well, I eventually. We need like content. To... <laughs> I would eventually like to make a website for my poetry and or make it like publish a book. So let me think on that one before we do anything like that. Let's talk about that further. Okay. okay. Maybe we'll post a link to my website. There we go. So this one is titled This Life. So I do believe in past lives, but I also believe in this life. And I want to live it for me, but all I do is live for you. If I make you laugh, I have achieved nirvana. Angels sing choirs of happy tunes, and my heart skips a beat too fast for comfort. If you are sad, I can only assume it's me. I hide away and torture my mind with things and ways I could have gone wrong. Why do I disappoint you? Why do I annoy you? Did I make you angry? Did I upset you? The thunderstorms echo within the chasms of my mind, and I feel like a patient in a psych ward with no way out. Then you smile and you crack a joke, and the angels sing again. The storm clouds roll away, and I am myself again. Only I do not know about you. I do believe in past lives, but I also believe in this life. But I do not want this life if it means living without you. So where you go, I follow. I watch you become a better you, but I stay the same me. In time, you lose interest in me. I see it, but I'm terrified of its finality. So I shackle myself to you and resist every sign that you no longer need me or want me. I live to make you laugh, but you laugh much less than before. I wallow in sorrow when you are in a bad mood, and those come far more often than not. As time progresses onwards, the galaxy gets older and it changes. The world gets older and it changes. Eight trillion people call it at home. They get older and they change. You've gotten older and you've changed. You become a better you, a more accomplished you, a more fascinating you, and I have stayed the same. Same as the day I fell in love with you. And in the end, I could not love you enough for you to continue to love me. So you left. And I am shattered. A desecrated heart and the husk of a broken man. Hold on, my earphones falling out. (laughs) The world changed, but I did not. I now have to navigate this lifetime alone, and it haunts me. I do believe in past lives, but I also believe in this life. 
And for some time, I believed there was no life if it was not a life lived with you. But I see now that I must learn to live this life without you. But I don't know if that is a life that I find worth living. And <laughs> that's so awkward to clap. <laughs> Giving you snaps, those are my finger snaps. <laughs> is that what those were? <laughs> that's, what, that's what that is. Um, snap. Okay. I'm doing the coffee shop snap. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> so th- that that is the one that you shared with me, right? No, it's not the one I shared with you. It's Come on now. One. Yeah, it's but the theme, I, but the theme, the theme is very similar, is it not? A, a lot of my themes are pretty similar, but yes, sir. It's a, I mean, somewhat. The one I sent you was more lovey-dovey and happy, and and this is one I wrote, um, when I was obviously not in the greatest place in the world, um, but yeah, I wrote this one about uh two months ago when I was head over heels for someone that I realized was never going to be head over heels for me and realized I wasn't doing anything in life for myself. was kind of just doing it for them and came to the conclusion that I needed to stop doing that. And uh, that was what was on my mind at the time whenever I wrote it. Mm. So. Mm. <laughs> what are you, what are you, you know, doing? um, there's definitely a repeated theme and, and it brings me back to conversations that we've had. Um, and, you know, I can, I've, I feel like I want to psychoanalyze, but that's not what we're doing here. Well, you can psychoanalyze. Uh, what's up? <laughs> well, care. no, you know, it, it goes back <laughs> to your, your feeling of, of you want and expect more of a relationship than, than what you get back. And you'll keep and you'll stay at it, stay at it, stay at it to the point to where it's nothing else. You know, it, it, it no longer exists. And that's what to me, that's what your poem that you just read just is. That's what it is. And. Um, I hate that you it, that you've ever felt that way. I don't want you to feel that way. I want you to I want you to find a love. That's equal. That well, makes yeah, you I think it's someone makes you just as happy as you always wanting to make them happy. And yeah, and I mean, it's happy is not the root of you being happy. Exactly. So it's more. It was more of a, a critique of myself than a person, right? Because the person I was writing about didn't do anything wrong. Um, it was simply that I loved them much, much more intense and more seriously than they were willing to feel about me, and. I had to come to the realization that like this person is living their life, moving on, doing things, accomplishing things. And I'm just kind of living for them, but they've never asked me to, they don't want me to. And it's who am I? I've lost my sense of self identity because all I've done is basically transform myself into like this person's yes, man. (laughs) You know what I mean? Uh, And so it's, it's kind of calling myself out in a way as in, you know, I, I want to live, but I only want to live for you, but you live for you. You don't live for me. And I don't know how to live if I'm not living for you. And I feel lost because of it. And so that's what was on my mind, Mr. Ratliff. 
So I I look forward to hearing some and uh, hearing what people think of Damien's um, poem. And I also look forward to hearing what people think about the new segment because Damien plans to write something new for us every week and give us something, you know, hot and fresh every week. I have over... 200 different poems so <laughs> no guarantee it's gonna be free every or new every week <laughs> okay. i might well, cycle through the up. archives like 2017 <laughs> well hey this is what you told me you were doing well yeah i'm just saying I, it'll be every week, whether it's one i pulled from my archives or one that i wrote the previous week it'll still be new for the podcast there you go i need that hot fresh new new burn my tongue new <laughs> Give me your fucking recommendation, dude. <laughs> um, this week, I recommend, I'm going to recommend another book. Go and actually, people, go read Friday Night Lights. I referenced <laughs> it earlier. Read the actual book. Don't watch the movie. The movie gave you, look, there would be no movie if they actually told the story. <laughs> I know. I love the movie, too. And the movie did all of the, the good parts of the book. But they didn't. It didn't highlight the the uh, controversial parts at all. Like it, it, it didn't do that book justice. But there is so much more in Friday Night Lights than what that movie portrayed, and that part of it will make you really question the ethics of high school football, especially here in West Texas, because I'll tell you, some things never change. And uh, Friday Night Lights, the book. Okay. Damien, what do you recommend? Uh, so I think people should go listen to Zoe Butler's new um, EP that dropped. It's titled June. Uh, it's got her four previously released singles, along with two new songs, Gas Station Coffee and June. Gas Station Coffee is my personal favorite song that she's ever wrote. And I love it. Is very good. And then, shameless self-plug, but I also recommend that people listen to season two of People, which is now two episodes strong, one with me and Courtney, and then one with myself and my good friend Davey. And, he uh, does exist. Shut up. <laughs> and uh, I think they're both great episodes. I've got... People, people, people. <laughs> I've got two more. Remember when I tried to give you a theme song and you thought I was trying to rush you up and I was just trying to like... I was just trying to because give you some theme. It, it, no, that wasn't theme. I was trying to. It was not related. Theme is well, related to the topic. I was trying to give you cadence like... Da, 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 da. But anyways... Um, I think the episodes. I've got two more really great episodes in the chamber ready for you guys. Um, Courtney, we'll need to talk about recording next week because Thanksgiving is coming up. It's really weird. Right. Um, you know, we're gonna figure stuff out. Um, yeah. but we'll figure it out. And uh, yeah, so go listen to June by Zoe Butler. And where can uh, we find that? Hey, where can we find that? Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube. I'm pretty sure, like any other music streaming service, pretty sure Zoe's pretty, uh, pretty out there, you know. So nice. But yeah, and then next Monday, this Monday coming up at 7 p.m. Episode three, uh, season two, episode three of People Will Drop, featuring Zoe Butler, a little 30 minute interview, uh, just us talking about her music. 
And that's 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Yes, the superior time zone. <sighs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. It's eleven twenty for me here. Yes, yeah. sleepy boy. It is a little late. Getting getting <laughs> a little tired. I got to get up and go to Shakespeare with a bunch yeah, of sixth be, graders. It's gonna be exciting for you. It is. I'm look. I'm actually looking forward to it because, again, I've never been to the Globe. So, well, I mean, field days are like field days for teachers too. So, I'm sure, you no. guys are doing no. no? No. Oh, all right. Oh. <laughs> I mind. wish I could say that, but no. It's just you're you're watching your kids in a different environment and hoping that they don't fuck up the place. And so <laughs> <laughs> that part is pretty stressful. <laughs> That's completely fair. <laughs> well, Mr. Crawford, I enjoyed the conversation. I enjoyed the I think this was another quality episode. I'd say so. Folks, and, uh, uh, be sure to follow us on Instagram at waitwhatpod22. That's our Instagram account. We've had our IG around for a while. You know, it'd be nice if we could get some traction going there, people. Well, we need Pod- to get some content on there, too. I mean, you know. Like Damien's poetry. It'd be great we need, content. We need... To make a TikTok account. Oh, uh, no. no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think so. That's all you, Bubba. <laughs> oh, I, I despise I, being called that. Bubba. Bubba, buddy, and pal. Ooh, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ever call me butter, buddy. Ooh, I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> well... <laughs> well, All right, Mr. Atlas. <laughs> All right, Palo Pal. I'm fucking good you buddy off. of mine. <laughs> I feel like this is the most I've cursed in our podcast in a while. This is this is what happens when I get tired. We need a <laughs> I feel like I got pretty good about not cursing too much since people were getting a little you feelings did. hurt. You did. I you, can't you believe have... he said a word that everybody says. Oh my gosh. Oh. That's my impression I'm, I'm... of people that have hissy fits when people curse. Oh, word. Great heavens. No. Oh, my stars and garters. (laughs) Oh, my Lanta. (laughs) As I clutch my pearls. (laughs) All right. I'm tired. Good night, Courtney. (laughs) (laughs) Good night, America. And good night, Canada. Don't forget Canada. We love you, Canada. Canada, yeah. Until next time, we're out. Um, Bye.